Amen. Well, listen, this morning we're going to continue uh, the series we've been in for weeks. Uh, the series is called Foundations. Uh, the purpose of this series is really simple. We're just trying to revisit and reinforce uh, just the foundational teachings, the foundational beliefs that we already believe as Christians. Amen. So, uh, you know, we've, we've said several times that these foundational teachings are actually listed for us in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. And I want to, I want to look at that again and, uh, just remind you of this. Um, you know, I heard a preacher say one time, I think I might have said this last week, that when you get tired of hearing it, you're just starting to get it. And, uh, I think I'm just starting to get it because I'm getting tired of hearing it. And, uh, so hopefully it's move, moving in you too. Here we go. So Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Here's the foundational teachings. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles, of Christ. It says, let us go into perfection or let us go into maturity. We all know it's God's will that we all grow in the faith, right? Right? Amen. So listen, it says, not laying again the foundation. Somebody say foundation. The foundation of repentance from dead works, the foundation of faith toward God, the foundation of baptisms, the foundation of laying on of hands, the foundation of resurrection of the dead, the foundation of eternal judgment. Now, listen, I, you know, I, I used to think, man, why in the world did God pick those things? And, and, and I recently realized that there's actually an intentional progression in this list. And in fact, if you will, I want I want you to notice uh, that this that this list actually follows uh, the, the the natural trajectory of a Christian's life, of a spiritual journey with God. That literally it goes from the end, I mean, to the beginning to the end. So let's let's just start there at the top. Once you notice this, that 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 repentance from dead works. That's where we where we repent of our sins, right? So if you can look at it this way, that we repent of our sins, then we take the next step and we believe that we have faith in God. Those two things are our salvation experience with God. And then it says this. I want you to notice that the word baptism is plural. That's huge in this, okay? So once again, when we repent of our sins and we and we have faith in God, we have the salvation moment, that's when the first of the three baptisms that's in the Bible begins to take place in our life. What's the first one? The Bible says that when we uh, give our hearts to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes and he baptizes us into the body of Christ. He submerges us or and Yes, submersive. I can't even say the word. Anyways, you get it. Dives us into the body of Christ, okay? And so then what's our next step after we've come to that point? The next step is this. It's water baptism. Somebody say water baptism. And then the next step, the Bible says, which is the third baptism, is where we do this. It's where Jesus comes and he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And that's where we receive power to be God's witness. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. So watch this. And we'll go back through in a second. The next one, they're laying on of hands. That's where, guess what? Where we recognize, because we're not just supposed to stay in this baby spot, but we begin to recognize God's destiny, God's call, God's purpose on our life. And that's where we are literally have hands laid upon us and we're anointed and released to fulfill that purpose. Amen. And then that's where, let me say this, that's where we spend the, basically our Christian life. It's all in that one spot right there. That's where we live our journey. And then there's going to come a day, guess what, where either Jesus comes back or we die. The Bible says go the way of the earth. Either we die, but at that point, the Bible says uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's where it goes to the fifth one, and it's the resurrection of the dead. That's where we step into eternity. And then the last one, once we step into eternity, is eternal judgment there. That's where we take the next step. And as believers, we stand uh, before the judgment seat of Christ, not to be punished, not to be hammered, but that's where we receive our eternal rewards. Are you guys seeing this? So once again, what happens is, is I repent of my sins, 
I put my faith in God. I am now saved and I'm now baptized in the body of Christ. Now I have a simple act of obedience to Jesus' command and I get water baptized or I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. doesn't really matter which one happens there first. Uh, it can happen either way. But then I receive power to be a witness. Then I begin to live out my purpose. And then when my time comes... Um, you know, I think basically when God pulls your number, you're gone, right? And you, and you step into eternity, and then you receive eternal rewards, and you just hang out with him forever. Pretty good, right? So, so listen, I, I think it's really cool. These are called the doctrines of Christ from a theological standpoint. It's kind of this standpoint of why would God want us to know these things? You, you know, it's, I think it's the goodness of God that lets us know our journey. He's a good travel agent, if you will, right? That, that, he, that he says, you know what, you, you need to know what's going to start like and what it's going to end like. Because how many of you guys know, uh, like I'll just say this, uh, you know, when I, when I left here last week, uh, last Thursday, my plan was to... Uh, Leave Portland and actually arrive in Birmingham, Alabama at 10.55. I never made it to Birmingham. I, I, I end up in Atlanta, all right? And then I had to get picked up from Atlanta, and I didn't go to bed till 4.30 in the morning. Right? Great day. Uh, Friday, I was leaving Birmingham. I was supposed to come to Portland. I never made it to Portland. They got me to Boston, all right? I, I never knew this, but the airport in Portland closes. I, you know, listen, I've learned a lot since I've come to Maine. Walmart closes. I never knew that, right? That literally Walmart closes. Yeah, I, you know, not in the rest of America, just so you know. Anyway, so, so in the airport closes. I didn't know that. Anyway, so, so I got to bed at four o'clock in the morning. So anyway, so great, great deal. So listen, God doesn't want us to be uh, flying with that airline. Okay. God wants us to understand that, man, look, when you start this journey, man, here's where you're going to end up. And there's a guarantee you're going to end up here. Yes. Amen. All right. Anyways, so we've already covered this. We've already covered uh, the first one. Thank you. Repentance from dead works. And we've covered faith towards God. Today, we're going to go into that third one, which is baptisms. And more specifically, we're going to talk about water baptism. And and the reason we're going to talk about water baptism is just I have this firm belief and this conviction that that we just don't need to uh, observe water baptism. Right. But But we also need to understand it. Yes, we need to understand the significance of water baptism, but we also need to understand uh, the power of God that's released into our lives when we obey in that simple way. Yes? Amen. All right, so listen, um, I don't really know about you, but as a Christian, I personally have not always understood the significance or the power of baptism. I just haven't. In in fact... um, what I want to do today, I guess just kind of start off, I want to tell you about the night that my, that my view completely changed of water baptism, okay? So we're going to start there today. Basically, I was, I was living in uh, South Louisiana, and I was in my early 20s. I've been saved for a few years, and uh, like I said, my understanding of baptism was extremely basic. Uh, up until this point, uh, you know, in, in my Christian walk, I'd never heard a thorough teaching on baptism, and I never took the responsibility on myself to even study it. So once again, it was really limited. In fact, uh, if you can kind of get it this way, and this may sound really dumb, but, you know, when, when, when you'd ask a question about baptism, it was like the, the, the people that I was around, it was like, you know, imagine an old saint saying, baptisms? And you go, you go well, you, you, you know, that's just something, not something, something. By the way, I have to tell you guys, when I, when I went down south, they actually told me I was losing my accent. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. You guys are, y'all guys are getting on me. Anyway, so they said, well, that's something that you do because the Bible and the preacher man say you need to do it. 
Right? I mean, that's why you get baptized. The Bible and the preacher man say you need to do it. And, you know, if you ask them why, if you push them, because it's the right thing to do. You know, you know what a lot of people do? They just say, okay. And they go get baptized, and that's good enough because the Bible and the preacher man say that's what you do. Amen, right? So anyways, so, so the, only, the only other thing, you know, I'll say for me. I said, okay, because that's what I heard, once again, because that's what you do. And I got baptized by a 17-year-old in a, in a swimming pool at somebody's house. And then I felt like that wasn't official enough, so I decided to get baptized in the church. Both baptisms, I was still ignorant what I was doing. Completely ignorant. Just went through the motions of it, okay? And I'm not saying that God didn't honor it. I think he honors us sometimes in our ignorance. Thank God for that, right? Uh, but, but, but I totally missed it. Now, the other, the other point of reference that I have from my childhood was this. It, it, was, it was always in, when, you know, understand, so I lived with my mom and dad. We didn't go to church. When I, would, I mean, my mom and stepdad. When I, when I went to my dad's house, we'd get taken to church occasionally. And occasionally when we were in those churches, I'd see at the end, uh, the pastor would do his thing, and somebody would walk down, and they would kneel at the altar, and it was just super awkward, right? Really, really awkward because everybody's just staring at them. It's like nobody wanted to help them, nobody, and they just looked at them, right? Anyways, so but somewhere the pastor would come down and they'd stand up, and then you see right after that they would get water baptized, and you would ask them why are they getting water baptized? And here's what would be said: because they are joining the church. And watch this. That, that, that baptism, basically, the only purpose for it was because that was people's way to become a member of a certain church. It was kind of like an initiation into a club. Right? And, and that's wrong. Amen? Amen. So anyway, so let's go back to the night that things changed for me. Okay? Uh, like I said, I was living in Lafayette, Louisiana, and it was a Sunday night service. And, and I remember that night the, the pastor, uh, you know, took the microphone from the worship leader and he began to walk across the stage. And he began to tell everyone, look, tonight we have a, uh, an important and a special uh, baptism. And while he's talking, kind of setting it up uh, in the baptism pool, but behind the, uh, basically right behind where he was at, on the, behind the stage, this guy that we knew really, really well uh, basically stepped into the baptismal pool with a young lady that we had no clue who she even was. And uh, anyways, and after a few minutes, uh, the guy that we all knew was, his name was Eric. He was a pastor of a college and career ministry that was in a town called Chi Alpha. And uh, as he began to uh, talk, he kind of began to answer all of our questions that we were all wondering, who's this lady, right? Who's this girl? But, but here's what he said. As he began to talk, he began to talk about how this girl was from the Middle East. I can't remember what country she was from. And, and he began to talk about what made this baptism so different, so special, was that, was that this young lady had recently converted from Islam to Christianity. And as Eric was telling this lady's story, this young, young college student story, uh, we found out that in the past few days she had contacted her dad and said, Hey, Dad, look, I, I decided to convert to Christianity. And... Um, you know that didn't go well, right? Because obviously she's she's renouncing uh, her basically her family's uh, faith, right? And you know as soon as she as soon as she told her father that, uh, once again he didn't take it well and he demanded that she would come home. In fact, he got her a a plane ticket for the next day and said, "You better be on that plane and you better come home." Are y'all following me? So in other words, forget school, come home. So here's the part that changed my life. Uh, Pastor Eric began to talk about how this young lady knew that her family, her religion, would not consider her conversion to Christianity real, genuine, or even final unless she was water baptized. Get that. That she could say all day long, I, I, am, I am a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And they said, that's great, but, it, you know, but did you get water baptized? And if she didn't get water baptized, they'd say, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. It's not real. And so here's what was so cool, though. 
She wanted it to be known to everyone, including her family, that the decision she made was the real deal. Amen. That she believed in Jesus. And, and so, you know, what, as, as Pastor Eric continued to talk, he said this. He said that this young lady was going to go home with a full knowledge of two things. Number one, that this, that her family would immediately disown her when they found out that she had been water baptized. And secondly, after they found that she had been water baptized, that she could arrive home and by uh, Islamic law, her father had full right to kill her. And, and so here's this young lady that's, you know, late teens, early 20s, sitting in a baptismal pool, and we're all looking at her, and we know that, man, there's a good chance that tomorrow this girl is dying. That, that changes things a little bit for you, don't, don't you say? It's kind of humbling. It's very sobering. And so, listen, I, I remember just, just sitting there just being absolutely blown away that, uh, you know, as Pastor Eric talked and kind of told this young lady's story, that she stood there with such quiet confidence and boldness, that, that she's sitting there with humility. There was joy on her life. And, and there's something about when, when someone really uh, has, has met peace. Yes, because she was staying there in absolute peace. And she knew, man, I made a decision not turn her back. So let me just say this. I think for everyone in there that night, we all got a good reminder of the world that we live in, that darkness still hates light. Yes, but, but I stood there, and I left, and I can't say this about anybody else, but I left that night realizing I, that I had no clue, once again, about the importance or the significance or the power in baptism because I just came face-to-face with something that was real and not some ritual and not just something that just church people do because the preacher man said so, but because, man, that's, that there's something in it from God that's being released in that moment. Are you with me today? So, listen, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about a few things I've learned since that point. Thank God I've learned some things. Uh, but what I want to do is I just want to, want to answer some common questions uh, that, that basically come up with water baptism. And, and more than likely, you guys are going to know most of them, and that's okay. Uh, but, but So I want to answer some questions, and then I want to kind of give you some key thoughts that really just say, here's where we stand at a church in these, in these areas, and here's why. Okay? You guys with me? All right, so the question number one is this, is what does the word baptism mean? Baptism means this. It means to call someone to be completely dipped or immersed. Somebody say immersed. Immersed. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say immersed. Immersed Immersed into a fluid and then taken out again. Now, I have to say this to you today. Obviously, we all, we all focus on that immersed part, and that's a really, really, really big deal. But I want you to know that last part's a pretty big deal, too. You need to take them up out of the water again, don't you? <laughs> I'm just saying today, you might not know, but if you hold them down there, it's not going to go well. You might drown somebody. Anyways, but so, you, you know, I, I've heard many preachers say that some of those people that are special cases, you just hold them down a little bit longer. Anyways, whatever. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, all right, so let me give you a, a baptism key here, okay? Uh, because of that definition, that's the main reason why we believe in full submersion baptism rather than some of the other methods that are practiced, okay? And if I can maybe add on to that it is this. When we look at Matthew chapter 3, obviously we know Jesus comes to John the Baptist, and obviously John the Baptist is struggling. Man, you're, he's like, you're God. How am I going to baptize you? And, and Jesus says what? He said, basically, we need to do this to fulfill all righteousness, Right? And, and what's so important to understand there is that Jesus came as our example. Somebody say example. That he came as our example. So when, when Jesus, as our example, was baptized, he was, not, uh, he was not baptized in many methods that you see. He was fully submerged. Okay? He was immersed. Let me say the word right. He was immersed into the water. And that's really important for us to understand. Amen? All right. Question number two. 
What are the conditions or requirements that we must fulfill before being baptized? Now, let me preface it with this. There's a lot of people that do not fulfill these three things. And I want you to know that they go in that water as a wet center or a dry center. And they come up as a wet center. Nothing changes. Okay. You need to fulfill three conditions before you get water baptized. Three requirements. Let me give them to you. Number one is believe. Somebody say believe. believe. Jesus said this in Mark 16, 15 through 16. He said, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Somebody said the gospel. To every creature, he who believes and is what? Come on, say it like you mean it. Awesome. We'll be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Let me maybe stop there and preface something. There's people who read this and say, who believes and is baptized will be saved. And they say that you have to be water baptized to be saved. That is not what that scripture is saying. Notice the next, the last part. But he who does not believe will be condemned. It does not say he who does not believe and is not baptized will be condemned. Okay. Once again, it's an act of obedience. It is nothing. It doesn't save you. All right. So let, let me maybe give you an example. Um, cause I remember hearing this as a young kid and hearing that preached, but, but remember Jesus was on the cross with two other people and, and what did he said to one that said he believed who he was. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. That man was never baptized. All right. Amen. All right. So here's, here's the question though. After this, uh, we say number one condition is we got to believe. What are we supposed to believe in? We talked about this a few weeks ago. We believe in once again, the gospel. You saw it there in that scripture. The gospel is simply this, that you and I acknowledge, guess what? We've blown it. We've missed the mark. We're sinners. Number two is a believer. Uh, a person believes that Jesus is the one true God and the only way to heaven. Amen. We are not a group of people that believe there's many ways to heaven. We believe there is one way and that's it. And it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The next thing is a person believes in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the payment of their sins. Amen. And then the last one, there's a person who accepts Jesus, not as their Savior, but they surrender to his lordship in their lives. Please get that church. In fact, let me say this. The Church of America would be completely different if we would quit acting like Jesus is just our Savior. Right? We'd completely change if we said, man, he's my Lord, too. That, in other words, he is in charge of this life. I'm not going to let you go, right? He is the Lord of our lives. In other words, every decision we say, every word that we say, everything that we do, he's the Lord of it. Amen? All right. So let me give you an example of this about a person who uh, believes and is baptized to fulfill this commitment. And I'll try to go through this quickly because we've uh, looked at it a few weeks ago. But it's in Acts 8, 27 through 38. It says this. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It says, so he, talking about Philip, arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch. That's where all the men said, ouch. All right. So a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, uh, who had charge of all of her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning to Ethiopia. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet, and the spirit said to Philip, hey, go near. In other words, run over there to that chariot. So it says that Philip ran, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? In other words, it's almost like this. Do you understand what you're really looking for? Amen. That's where the people were surrounded by. Verse 31, it says, And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. And this once again out of Isaiah. It says this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth, and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, 
I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some another man? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning in Scripture, beginning at the Scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, we read all that to get here, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's the water. What hinders me from being baptized? Which means this. It means that Philip's, Philip understood that when presenting the gospel, that water baptism was a significant piece of the equation. Amen? That he understood that. So obviously he had already shared that with him. In fact, let me, let me pause right there to help you out. In, in a minute, we're going to read um, Matthew 28. And 19 and 20, and, and what we're going to see there is that we have been given a great commission. And I want you to understand today that just as much as you have been given the great commission to share the faith and to make disciples, you've also been commissioned to baptize people. So we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Who, who can baptize people? It's not just a preacher man. It's anybody. Y'all get that? An 18-year-old kid baptized me. He had no preacher in front of his name. He had no Bible degree. He just had Jesus in front of his name. Amen? He was connected with him. So... It goes on, it says this, it says, let me get back. See, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized. Verse 37, then Philip said, if you believe, get that, what hinders me? He said, if you believe with all your heart in what the gospel you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Y'all get that? No, he said, I believe everything you're saying. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Somebody say, believe. believe. All right, the second requirement that needs to happen for us to be water baptized is, is we need to repent. We've talked about this much, but we'll just go quickly here. In Acts 2, 37 through 38, it says this. It says, now when they heard this, once again, they heard the gospel, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, what shall we do to be saved? And then it says, and Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. So once again, so we believe and we repent. What are we repenting for? We're repenting of our sins. We're repenting of our old lifestyle. We are turning away from the from basically our old way of doing things. Somebody say repent. So number one was believe. Number two is repent. Number three, the third commitment, uh, third one is commit. Commit. Third requirement is commit. Here's Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through twenty. It says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations." This is Jesus talking. It says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. To understand that, be a disciple and do what? To observe all things that I have commanded you. So being a disciple of Christ, it requires this. It, it requires commitment. Amen? Amen. So let, let me maybe say it to you like this. I just feel like there's somebody in this spot today. Um, I, re, I remember... From the time I was in the eighth grade, I had such an awareness of God and uh, didn't, didn't have a clue about God, didn't really know anything about the Bible, but I had an awareness of him. That, that, and my awareness was is I knew I wasn't right with him. Anybody ever been there? Like I knew, man, God, God and I are not acquainted. I don't know him. And, and so from the time I was in the eighth grade all the way until I was a senior in high school, I prayed every night. But, you, you know, here's what I missed. I, I said, I believe in you. And I said, I repent, but what I lacked was a commitment. And here's the deal. I mean, it didn't matter how many. I said, I said that prayer uh, so many times I wore that prayer out. It was the same one every night, right, because I didn't know him. So, so here's the thing, though. Until I came to a point where I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done saying I believe in you. I'm done saying I repent. Man, I, I, mean, I finally got I make a commitment to you. That's when everything changed. And I'm going to tell you the mark that changed because the peace of God flooded in my heart. 
I knew that there was a change. In other words, there was no longer this grasping for something that I couldn't get a hold of. At that moment, I didn't, it found me. Amen. And it took a hold of me, took a hold of my heart, and I wanted to live my life for God. That's commitment. Amen. I literally said, man, I'm so done with all of that. I, I didn't know the Bible worth a flip, but I just knew, you know, God, I'm committed. Right. And, and, and you know, just like some of you, I had, uh, you know, friends say, man, I like the old Quentin better. Because the old Quentin cussed a lot, and he made everybody laugh a lot, and we joked, and we clowned, and I got in a whole lot of trouble, uh, you know, and they were missing out on that, I guess, whatever. But, but you know what? I wasn't missing out on it because <laughs> I knew how I felt, right? Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. All right. So listen, so here's kind of the point I'm trying to get to. Once we have fulfilled those three conditions, the three requirements of believing in the gospel, of repenting of our sins, and committing to a lifestyle of discipleship, let me maybe put this plug there. Discipleship is simply this. It's one who follows the teacher and the teachings. In other words, what Jesus says goes. Amen? And and I quit doing this. I quit going, well, the media says this. Well, the liberals say this. (laughs) The conservatives say this. I go, no, 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 no. Jesus said that's enough for me. Amen? Great place for you all to say amen. All right. So listen, at that point when we fulfill those three conditions, that's when we become eligible for water baptism. So that, that kind of answers our third question here. Uh, when can a person be baptized? Immediately. Immediately. As soon as they fulfill those three requirements, they become a candidate, just like we saw in Acts 8 with a eunuch. Notice he didn't say, um, hey, eunuch. Hopefully that wasn't his name. Okay. But, uh, you know, he didn't say, hey, man, you're going to have to wait three months. He said, hey, we can do it today. Amen. It came instantly. So let me give you a few keys here. I already said this, but let me say it again. It's really important to understand that baptism itself does not save someone. Does not, does not, does not. Uh, we know that the only way we can be saved is by believing in the gospel. We see that in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Now, let me give you another one. This is huge, and I want to be really sensitive here because I know we all uh, have different backgrounds uh, here, and so I want to be really sensitive to this, but, but because of those three requirements that we find in the Bible, that is why we as a church do not practice uh, infant baptism. Are you with me? You know, listen, and the reason is because, is because a baby or a small child does not have the ability to believe, to repent, and to be committed. They don't even know. Are, are y'all following me? So, so, what we do practice as a church, what we do believe wholeheartedly in, is, is baby dedication. And, and that's the part where we, where we can look at the Bible. In other words, we can't, we can't, in fact, I had a discussion uh, with someone last week, a guy that works for my brother, uh, about, about infant baptism. And, and my statement to him is this, is, is I can't find it in the Bible. And if I can't find it in the Bible, I'm, we're not going to do it. Amen. It's really that simple. But what we do find in the Bible is we have this amazing mother named Hannah. And she had this, and she had this baby Samuel that, that she knew was a gift from God. And she and she said, Lord, I you know I want to I want to honor you by giving you His life, right? In other words, that there's a, a significance there that we commit this kid's life to your service and your efforts. Once again, that doesn't save the child, but it does as a, as a parent say, Man, God, we we realize who you are, and we realize that you have a plan for this kid's life, and we just as parents uh, want to make that connection with you. Am I making sense? In other words, we want your blessing uh, upon. On this child, okay? And so, you know, to be sensitive, it's this. I, I, I think infant baptism is obviously a misapplication of truth. But, but, but what we do honor is this, is that your parents, if that was you, if you were sprinkled or whatever as a child, that we want to honor the fact that your parents obviously loved you enough 
to, to do what? Let me just say, basically that they understood the importance of honoring God in your life. Okay, so we applaud that part. Amen? We do. We applaud that. Uh, but, but I would encourage you in this, that if you were sprinkled as a child and you've never been water baptized, I would encourage you to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that simple act of obedience and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get her done. Right? Amen? All right, so also the last one, and we'll hustle up here. Uh, the, the baptism key I want you to see here also in Matthew 28. Notice what Jesus said. He said, go ye therefore, make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So next week when we do water baptisms after church, uh, you will see us baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in accordance to what Jesus said right there. Amen? Amen. All right. So listen, what's the, what is the, number four, what is the spiritual significance of being baptized? What is the spiritual significance of being baptized? Uh, the answer is really wrapped up in two words, identification and proclamation. Identification and proclamation. When we are baptized, we are identifying ourselves with Jesus. In fact, if I, if I asked you this and I said, um, if we were going to identify Michael Jordan, what would we identify him with? Talk to me, y'all. If, if we were going to identify Dale Hart Jr., my favorite race car driver, what would we identify him with? Racing, NASCAR, right? If we, if we, I'm going to make, I'm make Bruce really happy here. If, if we were going to identify Tom Brady with something, what would we identify him with? Football. All right? So the man's not a goat. Anyway, so, well, he, he is actually because he's an unbeliever. Anyways, but all right. So, um, when we think of Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, yes, the Ninja Turtles, but what do we associate those people with? We associate it with art, right? So when we sing the national anthem, we as a people, we are identifying ourselves as Americans, right? We're identifying ourselves as a nation. So it's kind of like, like that. And those are really poor examples. But in a similar way, when we are baptized, we are identifying ourselves with Jesus. But we're also publicly proclaiming. Are doing what? We're declaring, we're making it known that we are no longer uh, associated with darkness, but we are now associated with the kingdom of light, and we're associated with Jesus, that we're no longer, uh, you, you know, following after simple ways, but we're now associated in a child of God. Are you all with me today? So it's kind of like this. It's just, it's no different than what that young lady did. I told you a story about that when she, when she was standing there, she said, man, I've, 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 I've stepped out of Islam. I'm no longer identified with that. By water baptized, baptism, I'm now identifying myself with uh, Christianity and Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. So question number five, how do we identify ourselves with Christ through baptism? All right. This is awesome to me. How do we identify ourselves with Christ through baptism? Everybody look here, please. When a person is in the baptismal waters, all right, when, when, when they go down in the water, they are, they are declaring, they're proclaiming that they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Okay? And when they come up out of the water, they are declaring that they believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Pretty awesome, right? So, but let, let, me, let me maybe say this to you, okay? Um, in fact, let me, let me read a verse to you, and then I want to step into the, the, uh, the power side of of uh, baptism, okay? Look at this verse here in Romans 6, 1 through 7. Kind of keep that thought that we just said because I'm going to tack something else in on it. Here we go. It says in verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. It says, How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Great place to say amen. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
get that into his death. Watch this. It says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Yeah, let's continue. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. It says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. All right, I want to focus on the underlying part there. But, but let's, let's tag back in. Remember, when we go down the water soon, we're saying or declaring we believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Death, burial, death and burial come up out of the water. We believe in the resurrection. Now, watch this. Just as in the natural, when someone dies, it's always followed by what? It's always followed by a funeral, by a burial, right? It's the exact same way in the supernatural. Okay, that every that every then when there's a death in the supernatural, it is followed by a burial. Now, let me explain to you. I I remember when I was uh, I think was 19 years old. I remember sitting in church and there was a young lady. I didn't know her yet. She later became a friend of mine. But but she was standing in the baptismal pool and uh, and they gave her a chance to kind of give give testimony. And she began to tell uh, about. Basically what the the night really meant to her. But she said this. She said, basically, several weeks ago, I had this guy ask me out on a date. And and basically, when it came time to meet at a certain place, I didn't show up. Jesus help him, right? So the guy had the courage to ask her out again. Okay? The second time he showed up, she didn't show up. You think the brother would be smart and he would quit. But he didn't. Okay? So, so on the third time, he said, he said, look, um, basically, I really want to go out with you. Would you please go on a date with me? And, and she said this. I apologize for not basically ditching you the first two times. She said, the only way that I will not be there this time is if I'm dead. And then she said this. I'm here to say today that I am dying today. Do you get that? That I am dying today because she understood this thing, what I'm about to talk about, that for a Christian, baptism is a burial. That when we go, and here's the significance and the power, that when we go down in the water, that we are burying the old man in his old ways. That there's a death taking place. And that when we come up out of the water, that guess what? That we are now stepping into the newness of life, which was provided in Christ Jesus. So once again, that we were buried in death with him, but we've also been raised to life with him and the newness of life, which is what? Which is marked by him. Are you with me? Now, let me tell you this, okay? Let me tell you the other powerful side of baptism because there's people that are here today that are already signed up to be baptized next week. Um, I just want to say this to you, okay? Um, I have personally uh, seen... People basically that that are that are struggling with certain issues when they have been water baptized that the presence and the power of God shows up in such a way that that the windows of heaven, however you want to say it, are released or opened over their lives. And and literally things and bondages and patterns of sin and all that stuff they struggled with for years was broken off of them instantly. Amen. That literally the strongholds like that's like they went down and the chains fell off. Are you with me? There's also people that have been water baptized, and guess what? They've been healed physically. So, so listen, when, when you are baptized next week, don't come with some, well, let's just go through the ritual. No, 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 no. Understand that there's a significance and there's a power that's made available for you in that moment. And come with faith. Just believe, man, God's going to change me in this, in this moment. Like, like I know personally my brother, I've told you guys about this before, but uh, 
not a whole lot of understanding about the Bible. Uh, he, he, got, he got saved because his wife went to go to the altar and because uh, she was struggling with some things. And, uh, and he just kind of went up to support her. And in the process from that, that pew to that altar, he surrendered it all. And he gave it to Jesus. He got baptized. But when he got baptized, he said, Quinn, I came up out of the water. And, 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 and he knows none of our language that we know. But basically, he said, man, uh, the, the presence of God overwhelmed me so strong. He goes, I just went in the back. And he said he cried for like, I don't know, it was like an hour. Just the power of God was all over him. And, and that happened in church. You don't even believe in the power. You know, nobody, nobody said, hey, believe for this. God just showed up. Because he came with a heart and said, man, this is significant, and I believe it. Amen? Amen. All right. Is there anything else I want to share with you today? Let me read a paragraph to you to kind of summarize it up, and we'll pray. It says this. um, Basically, when we are baptized, we are being buried just as Jesus was buried. We're kind of going back to that Roman scripture. And we are being raised again just as Jesus rose again. There is a full identification with the power of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. Get that. When Jesus died, he died for our sin. And when he was buried, the body of our sin, sin in the flesh, was buried along with him. When he rose again, he rose having defeated sin and death for us. So as we are being baptized, we are saying this. Hear this, gang. Lord Jesus, who died for me, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. And Jesus, who was buried for me, I want to leave behind in this watery grave of baptism's waters, my sinful ways, the, uh, the, the basis that they remain in the grave, and I want to rise in the newness of life by the power of your spirit. Amen. Let, let me maybe say this, and, and I'll be done. Um, if you go back in church history, they would actually call the baptismal water, if it was a river, if it was a, you know, a lot of times it was a river. We'll just leave it at that for the analogy's sake. They, they, they would call that the watery grave. And I love that. They called the watery grave. And the reason they would, they would baptize in, in rivers is because they believed that when they went down in the water, because the water was flowing, it wasn't stagnant, that that old man in his old ways, that it would wash it down the river. Amen. We're not going to have a river, but we'll believe for one. All right. So, amen. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Amen. Let me, let me say this before I forget. Um, today in the foyer... In the little lobby area, there's a, um, there's a sign-up list. And if you've never been water baptized, um, man, I would encourage you to, to, to sign up. Uh, what's going to happen is this, kind of give you a little heads up. Uh, next week, what we're going to do is, is, is hopefully, I'm not flying, so hopefully I'll get here, right? So I'm, I'm going to basically preach, and we're going to talk about laying on of hands, and then we're going to uh, more than likely lay hands and pray for the people that are getting water baptized. And, and so if, uh, make sure you bring proper clothing and all that stuff, um, towel, all that fun stuff. And, and so then we're going to go outside, based in that area behind us there, and, and we're going to have a, it's going to be my first horse trough baptism. I've never done that before. Different worlds. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we're, we're going to learn here. And so anyway, so we're going to baptize the people that want to be baptized. And then we're going to do what church people do best. We're going to go downstairs and we're going to eat. All right. So um, so we're having a cookout next week after church. And so if you want to uh, bring a dessert, salad, something like that, that would be fantastic. All right. Y'all with me? All right. So listen, so if you've never been water baptized, or I also want to challenge you this, that if you got baptized, you had no clue what it meant. And if you feel compelled in your heart to do so, I would encourage you to do it. Amen. Amen. So um, 
Let me maybe let me throw this out there just while we're at it. Uh, next week would be a great week to do baby dedication. If anybody wants to dedicate a kid, we'll do that. Okay, so we'll, we'll pray. We'll pray for the child. Amen. Amen. If you don't mind, close your eyes and bow your head, or you can bow your head and close your eyes. Whatever. All right. I, I do want to say this today, and obviously we've been talking about the gospel a whole lot lately, and uh, you know it would it would behoove us to. To give people an opportunity that if, they, if they've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, if they've never, uh, not just for Savior and forgiveness of their sins, but if they never said, man, we give you lordship of our life. If you've never made that commitment, I would encourage you just to do this. We're not going to embarrass you, but just lift your hand and say, man, uh, Pastor, I want to get right with God today. Just make that opportunity for anyone. Awesome. Okay. Let's pray. If you don't mind, lift both hands, church. Father, we thank you today for your word. And God, help us to be a people uh, that, that don't take, you know, just the, the, the what we would require or, or perceive as just simple things in the Bible and take them lightly. Father, help us to uh, just understand what's important to you needs to be important to us. And so, Father, just as people today that maybe we've already been baptized, uh, but, Lord, there's people in our future that we're going to lead to the Lord and that we're going to need to know here's what it means and, and, and literally that we have the opportunity to baptize them. And so, Lord, today, just thank you for just greater re- measures of revelation. Thank you for greater measures of just being able to know you and to walk with you. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity just to have your word made available to us just to teach and just change our lives. And so, Lord, today we honor you. Father, we just give you our lives. And once again, when we leave this place, just as we said earlier, God, unless you go with us, we don't want to go. And so, Lord, we bless you and we honor you today for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. Terry, if you guys don't mind, just play a little bit of music.